So Morgan Lesko recently recorded this Questions for Corbett. Hi, James. I hope I haven't just missed your coverage about this, but the, but last week a real-world friend asked Facebook where the alleged global warming pause was, and I supplied a screenshot of the link to the IPCC AR5 report in the section ex- explicitly describing the 15-year warming hiatus. Um, and after ridiculing me as being part of the problem, he shared a link to an article titled Science Publishes New NOAA Analysis Data Show no recent slowdown in global warming. Um, So this was news to me, and I thanked him and mentioned that a change of the most recent observational data and or their analysis did not increase my confidence in the consensus climate science. Um, But I was wondering if you've looked into the details of this latest revision of history. So either way, thank you so much and keep up the great work. Much love. All right. Thank you very much for that question. That, of course, is Morgan Lesko of WikiWorld Order at wikiworldorder.org. Please check him out if you haven't done so. And he is very right to bring up this topic, which I uh, did promise a video on and which I am doing right now. And he points, for example, to box TS.3. That's from the technical summary of AR5, the fifth assessment report of the IPCC released in 2013, talking about climate models and the hiatus in global mean surface warming of the past 15 years. And this is an admirable job by the IPCC to summarize in a couple of uh, pages, or two and a half pages here, the the bare bones basics about this pause or slowdown in global warming. And it depends on what data set you're working with and over what time period exactly how this is defined, but everyone can agree that there has been some sort of slowdown in global warming over the period roughly from 1998 to 2012, as outlined here, and extending into 2015, as we'll get to in a moment. But after going through many, 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 many different reasons for why the models have failed to predict this slowdown or pause, it gets to what I think is the money shot here. Almost all CMIP5, that's the type of models, uh, simulations they're running, historical simulations do not reproduce the uh, the observed recent warming hiatus. There is medium confidence that the global mean surface temperature trend difference between models and observations during 1998 to 2012 is to a substantial degree caused by internal variability, with possible contributions from forcing error and some CMIP5 models overestimating the response to increasing uh, greenhouse gas forcing. So in other words, we could be wrong about pretty much everything. <laughs> and then anyway, let's continue on with our report. <laughs> so so this is this has been a very large problem for the warmists and well, let's get to what this really is and what it really means. And first, the first question, is there a demonstrable pause in global warming? Yes, there is. Uh, this is the least squares linear regression trend on the RSS global mean temperature anomaly data set from February of 1997 to October 20, uh, 2015, aka the period during which one third of all anthrop- uh, anthropogenic forcings have occurred in the last 265 years. And it shows a trend of 0.00 degrees Celsius. No warming whatsoever. Now, there's many things that we can talk about with regards to this fact, but it is a fact. It is a demonstrable calculation that can be made. And people who want to know more about the RSS global mean temperature anomaly data set and what that means, of course, go to my what is the average global temperature video that we did a couple of weeks ago here, explaining about the different data sets, for example, the satellite data sets, UAH and RSS, and the surface air temperature data sets, HADCRIT, NCDC, and GIS, or as our friend David Suzuki likes to refer to them, 
Sure, yeah. Uh, UAHRSS had GIS data shows a 17-year flat trend, which suggests there may be something Sorry, wrong well, with I, the CO2 I, warming theory. Yeah. What is the reference? I don't... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what the temperature data sets are from which we get this global warming alarm. I've never heard of it before, even though it's all I talk about. Uh, I'll never get tired of that little clip. Anyway, uh, yes, so UAH and RSS are the satellite-based global temperature estimates, and uh, HADCRIT, NCDC, and GIS are uh, surface air temperature estimates. The satellite records are quality class 1, i.e. the most reliable. HADCRIT, less reliable. NCDC and GIS are the least reliable. So the RSS temperature record is showing a zero degree trend. Very interesting. Um, and if you want, again, this is a mathematically calculable, I mean, you can go and calculate this yourself using least squares linear regression uh, trend analysis if you are capable of doing so. You can go to the remote sensing systems homepage at remss.com and navigate to upper air temperature and you can read all about the satellite-based uh, temperature and how it's, how it's found, how it's calculated. And then you can go down to the monthly da data files and there's uh, information on how to download it. There are read routines for Fortran, uh, C, IDL, and MATLAB that are in the support directory. So again, you can go and calculate this all yourself if you want to and find that there is a zero degree warming trend for the last 18 years and nine months. Now, why is this important? It's important because back in 2008, when it started to become apparent that there had been a uh, an uh, basically no warming or no warming to speak of, no statistically significant warming over that period from 1998-ish or so to 2008. Well, a lot of different people started to take notice of this and it started to become uncomfortable to the point where the 2008 State of the Climate Report from uh, the NOAA, of course, all of these documents will be linked in the show notes if you're interested, Talk, had an, uh, their own section, Do Global Temperature Trends Over the Last Decade Falsify Climate Predictions? And again, they talk about what, uh, what the IPCC was essentially talking about uh, a few years later. But in this case, it said uh, near zero and even negative trends are common for intervals of a decade or less in the simulations that they're running for global temperature due to the model's internal climate variability. However, the simulations rule out at the 95% level zero trends for intervals of 15 years or more, suggesting that an observed absence of warming of this duration is needed to create a discrepancy with the expected present-day warming rate. Oh wait, we're at 18 years and 9 months. And back in 2008, Noah was saying 15 years is all you need. And at the time, even uh, Roger Pilkey Jr., a lukewarmer, uh, as, they, as they're known, wrote in his blog, kudos to NOAA for being among the first to explicitly state what sort of observation would be inconsistent with model predictions. 15 years of no warming. Well, I'm not sure if he was being tongue-in-cheek about that, but as, well, listeners of the corporate report will know, climate change is unfalsifiable woo-woo pseudoscience, so even if they do make a claim for falsification, 15 years or more of zero trends, well, as we see, 18 years, nine months, and uh, you know what? So for some reason, they're still not claiming that the models are wrong. So what happened along the way? Well, a lot of things. Uh, well, first of all, again, we should also note that it wasn't just the NOAA saying this. Uh, back in 2009, uh, Phil Jones, uh, the head of the Climate Research Unit at East Anglia University, wrote an email saying, bottom line, the no upward trend has to continue for a total of 15 years before we get worried. And just think about the way he phrased that, before we get worried. So 
he's talking about the possibility that the climate change hype and alarm might be incorrect, that the world may not be warming at an alarming rate that's going to cause all of this devastation and kill bajillions of people and all of the other nonsense that they keep hyping before we get worried that this is not the case. Again, think about the implications of that. They are worried not that this is happening, but that it isn't happening. So think about that and think about why they talk like that in their personal correspondence. But anyway, the point being, total of 15 years before we get worried that we might be wrong about this alarm. And again, let's just one more time, 18 years, nine months. So we have far surpassed the 15 years that they have arbitrarily set for themselves before they start getting worried about the fact that this is uh, nonsense. But as, uh, as the 2008 bled into 2009, 2010, well, they started to have to come up with reasons for this. Why is this happening? So they st first started talking about contributions of stratospheric water vapor, vapor to decadal changes in the rate of global warming, pointing out how uh, we show that this... Uh, this uh, water vapor, vapor concentration decreasing by 10% after the year t uh, 2000 acted to slow the rate of increase in global surface temperature over 2000 to 2009. So there you go, case closed. It was a, it was a decrease in water vapor concentration that was the culprit for this slowdown in warming. And uh, that was ultimately uh, debunked by a later paper. But uh, they came back to the drawing board in 2011 saying uh, global warming lulled down, lulled down to uh, China's coal growth, talking about how uh, uh, smog from China burning all that coal was in fact lowering temperatures because of the aerosol uh, factor, creating aerosols that were blocking the, uh, the radiative forcing of the sun. Climate impacts of changing aerosol emissions since 1996, published in Geophysical Research Letters back in 2014, found that uh, we study the effect of sulfur and black carbon emissions between 1996 and 2010, and we find that the increased Asian emissions have had very little regional or global effects, while the emissions uh, reductions in Europe and U.S. have caused a positive radiative forcing. So that actually is exactly the opposite of what they were trying to argue back in 2011. Okay, back to the drawing board. No, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't the decrease in water vapor concentrations. It wasn't China burning too much coal. No, it's oceans. Oceans ate the warming. And uh, this comes down to basically global warming is continuing, but it's being manifested in somewhat different ways, said Kevin Trenberth of the U.S. National Center for Atmospheric Research, an interesting character. Warming can go, for instance, to the air, water, land, or to melting ice and snow. Warmth is spreading to ever deeper ocean levels, he said, adding that pauses in surface warming could last 15 to 20 years. Oh, interesting. Now suddenly 15 to 20 years is perfectly in line with what they were predicting, right? Unfalsifiable woo-woo pseudoscience. Recent warming rates of the waters below 700 meters appear to be unprecedented, he and colleagues wrote in a study last month in the journal Geophysical Research Letters. So yeah, this time, no, it's the oceans ate the warming. That's where it's all going. So Recent warming rates of the waters below 700 meters appear to be unprecedented, they said back in 2013. But then in 2014, they published another uh, uh, paper in Journal of Climate, which directly contradicted that, showing that the rate of change of global ocean heat content has actually decreased since 2001, in direct contradiction to what they were saying just the year before. So, no, that didn't work either. Uh, okay, here's the explanation. Research suggests Pacific trade winds caused the pause. An art article published online in Nature Climate Change today uh, investigates how strengthened Pacific trade winds can account for 1.1 to 0.2 degrees Celsius of cooling through increased subsurface surface ocean heat uptake. 
This is enough to account for much of the temperature slowdown observed in the so-called, so-called global warming pause. They can't even bring themselves to utter the words. But that was ultimately debunked uh, by UCAR um, several years before, where the slowdown in tropical Pacific flow pinned on climate change, and this argues the exact opposite of what they would go on to argue in 2014, saying that the slowdown of the uh, Pacific trade winds was in fact increasing heat. Well, no, no, no. Wait, did we say increasing? We meant decreasing unfalsifiable global pseudoscience. It is pseudoscience. And they've tried other explanations. They said, no, no, no. It was the Montreal Protocol was so successful that it actually slowed down. We are, we are the masters of the weather and we actually slowed down global warming by the Montreal Protocol, etc., etc. They keep coming up with excuses. There are so far 66 different excuses for why this global warming slowdown has occurred. And I'll let you go read through all of them. Everything from low solar activity to stadium waves to AMOC ocean oscillation, a uh, few El Nino since 1999, PDOO uh, and AMO natural cycles, blah, blah, blah. There's been dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of explanations for why this settled science of global warming is, well, panning out differently than any model predicted. And it is a problem as even admitted by RSS, which uses words like denialists to describe people who actually point out what their data is showing. But back in 2014, you had uh, Carl Mears of RSS writing a, a blog post about why the slowing trend is occurring in, in global temperatures, showing, oh no, alarm, ah, we have to change the fundamental structure of the universe because look at this, oh wait, not really warming trend. Um, and so they've written entire blog posts about why this is, talking about some of the reasons, Measurement errors, errors in model forcing, internal variability in the climate system, errors in fundamental model physics. <laughs> so again, we could be wrong about every aspect of what we're doing here, but trust us. Don't I mean, trust us to, to be able to predict the climate 100 years from now. So again, all of this garbage and nonsense... And they continue to try to say climate oscillations and the global warming faux pause. No, there is not currently a pause in global warming, but there is a slowdown in global warming and it's occurring because we didn't pro properly understand the PMO, the uh, Pacific uh, Oscillation. So again, um, they've come up with so many different reasons for why this is happening, but the the, the, it seems like the, the icing on the cake, the this is the real, real reason why this was happening, is it wasn't happening at all. Uh, Science Magazine published in June of this year, Possible Artifacts of Data Biases in the Recent Global Surface Warming Hiatus, which purports to show an updated global surface temperature analysis that reveals that global trends are higher than those reported by the IPCC, especially in recent decades, and that the central estimate for the rate of warming during the first 15 years of the 21st century is at least as great as the last half of the 20th century. These results do not support the notion of a slowdown in the increase of global surface temperature. And you can go read through and you can go see their findings well, there you go, folks. Wrap it up. There was no global warming pause. After all, it's all been taken care of. What this uh, article really does is create a new temperature analysis by uh, looking at some ways to revise the ERSST, the Extended uh, Reconstructed Sea Surface Temperature Dataset. Uh, so if reconstructed might be a, a clue to what's going on here. Yes, this is another one of those temperature estimates that uh, use all sorts of fudge factors. Well, they've added some fudge factors that have magically cooled the past and warmed the present to make the warming look 
more than it uh, was before. And they talk about some of the different reasons that they they made these changes and talking about uh, switchovers uh, for how this uh, data is collected from uh, buckets uh, to to thermometers and in ship engines and things like this. So there are here's basically the reconstruction and so this is going to be the, the 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 reason that people point to now no there was no slowdown at all look it's all been proven all right some of the problems with this study uh well one that's making the most sort of interesting splashy headlines is this uh fight that's going on right now between uh house science committee chairman lamar smith and the national oceanic and atmospheric administration which was behind this study talking about the uh, the results of the study and basically whistleblowers have told the committee according to smith's letter that thomas carl the director of noaa's national center for environmental information which led the study rushed to publish the climate study before all appropriate reviews of the underlying science and new methodologies used in the climate data sets were constructed NOAA employees raised concerns about the timing and integrity of the process, but were ignored. He's currently in a battle. As far as I know, that's still ongoing. He's trying to get internal emails from NOAA to see if there are if there is substance to these claims that these whistleblowers have told his committee about how this study was being rushed. Now, that's very interesting. It's very uh, fireworksy, but there's more fundamental scientific reasons for us to talk about the problems with this. And this doesn't just come from those denialists, as the RSS would call us. Uh, it's coming from U.S. CLIVAR, uh, National Center for Atmospheric Research, NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I mean, the warmest of the warmests even have called into question the results of this study and ones like it. Uh, for example, in the headline uh, uh, pa paper in the U.S. CLIVAR Summer 2015 uh, issue of variations, decadal climate variability in the early 2000s hiatus. It says there have been recent claims that the early 2000s hiatus, when the rate of global warming slowed, down, slowed compared to previous two decades, was an artifact of problematic sea surface temperature data, or, or lack of Arctic data, or both. Such claims indicate that when cor corrections are made to SST data by taking into account various measurements methods that introduce biases in the data, then there was no hiatus in temperature rise, and a presumed rise, uh, pause in the rise of Earth's average global surface temperature might, might never have happened. Often there are issues with observed dat data that need adjusting. In this case, such claims of no hiatus are artifacts of questionable interpretation of decadal timescale variability and externally forced response, not problems with the data. So not even U.S. Clivar and others are necessarily buying what uh, NOAA is selling here. Uh, and of course, they're not the only ones. Some of the other problems that have been pointed out uh, here, the authors have produced adjustments that are at odds with all other surface temperature data sets, as well as those compiled via satellite, because what they're doing is adjusting the RSST, which goes into the sea, uh, to the sea surface temperature estimates, which then get fed into the global mean surface temperature estimates that, again, are not the high quality temperature estimates. These are not the satellite measurements. Uh, these are the calculations. Uh, they do not include any data from the Argo array that is the world's best coherent data set on ocean temperatures. Adjustments are largely to sea surface temperatures and appear to align ship measurements of sea surface temperatures with night marine air temperature estimates, which have their own data bias problems. The extent of the largest SST adjustments made over the hiatus period, supposedly to reflect a continuing change in ship observations from buckets to engine intake thermometers, is not justified by any evidence as to the magnitude of the appropriate adjustment, which appears to be far smaller. And there's a lot more in here, this coming from Judith Curry's blog. Uh, you might remember her from that presentation posted up on this channel uh, a week or two ago. 
Uh, there's a lot more to say about this. Uh, for example, uh, Pausebuster uh, sea surface temperature data, talking about how NOAA has adjusted away a relationship between the night marine air temperature and the sea surface temperature that the consensus of CMIP-5 climate models, those models that they use for the IPCC modeling, indicate should exist. Talking about a divergence that's happening now because of this uh, change that's going on. I'll let you read through that in your own time. I'll even throw in another article talking about a different Pausebuster type of uh, paper that came out earlier this year talking about how there wasn't enough Arctic data and when that's infilled in the right way, well, that will ex explain it all, but uh, that's a lot of nonsense. So a lot of information to go through for those who are scientifically inclined and interested, but let's just get back to the brass tacks. Uh, this one-third of man's climate influence since 1750 has occurred in the last 18 years and nine months, but there has been a zero-degree trend on the RSS global mean temperature anomaly data set. That is a calculable fact. So there are some things that we have to know about this, and uh, this comes from an uh, a article by Lord Moncton, who has done a lot of this work, and who has talked about why this is important, again, showing that all of the all of the the uh, ideas of how the forming was uh, the forcing uh, initial forcing is supposed to play out in early predictions sh are supposed to show a rapid initial warming, uh, no matter how small of the the, uh, uh, the equal equilibrium global warming we we actually take. For, so uh, there are serious problems with what's going on here, and that should not be forgotten. But Let's bring it back to brass tacks. The hiatus period of 18 years, nine months is the farthest back one can go in the RSS satellite temperature record and still show a sub-zero trend. The start date is not cherry-picked, although some people like to say it is cherry-picked. It is not cherry-picked. It is calculated. And the graph does not mean there is no such thing as global warming. Going back further shows a small warming rate. Yes, and going back even further shows a large warming rate if you want to go back to the depths of the Little Ice Age or, hey, let's go back to the depths of the Last Ice Age. But anyway, and yes, the start date for the pause has been inching forward, though just a little sl more slowly than the end date, which is why the pause continues to, on average to lengthen. So long a stasis in global temperature is simply inconsistent, not only with the extremist predictions of the computer models, but also with the panic whipped up by the rent-seeking profiteers of doom rubbing their hands with glee in Paris, talking about the Paris conference that just wrapped up a week or two ago. And if you look at different data sets, for example, the uh, surface temperature data set, the highly manipulated surface temperature data set, the trend over that same period, which shows 0.0, .0 degree uh, warming on the RSS record, shows a 0.21 degree Celsius trend in the, uh, the surface temperature record, which is equivalent to 1.1 degrees Celsius per century. And remember, Paris is meant to keep us within 2 degrees of warming, or 1.5 if we really work hard and eliminate much of human activity on the planet. All right, so uh, again, what does this actually mean? As always, a note of caution. Merely because there has been little or no warming in recent decades, one may not draw the conclusion that warming has ended forever. The trend lines measure what has occurred. They do not, they do not predict what will occur. The pause, politically useful though it may be to all who wish to, that the official scientific community would remember its duty of skepticism, is far less important than the growing discrepancy between the predictions of the general circulation models and observed reality. The divergence between the model's predictions in 1990 and 2005 on the one hand, and the observed outturn on the other, continues to widen. If the pause lengthens just a little more, the rate of warming in the quarter century since the IPC's first assessment report in 1990 will fall below one degree uh, Celsius per century equivalent. And here's a graphical representation of that change in 
of that shortfall. So here's the uh, the uh, mean projection from the IPCC, and here's what we have actually observed. Uh, quite a significant underperformance, as you might observe. So that is really the meat and potatoes of this, and that's why this is ultimately important. And again, if you uh, zoom in specifically in the last 10 years, you get a very pronounced, very identifiable fact that the actual reality of, of surface temperatures are now falling well below what IPCC projections were, in fact, completely outside of the realm of their variability. So that is important. Um, and again, you can go through the various facts that are cited here, and you can also take it to the bank that this is probably going to end shortly because of the El Nino we're currently experiencing. We are probably going to get back up to the point where that statistical 18 years and nine months of no warming will disappear. And depending then if that is followed up by a La Nina uh, that of sufficient strength, that might reappear. But again, that's, that's not really the point of what this is. The real point is the divergence of predicted temperatures from observed temperatures and the fact that the models cannot explain that. So again, there's a million different things to go through here in order to get a handle of what this is about and what the significance is. All of these notes will be in the show notes, but the real key point is, although they have adjusted this, this surface temperature data once again to try to remove this unpleasant fact from circulation, it is true that between uh, February 1997 and October 2015, the RSS satellite temperature record shows a zero degree warming trend. Uh, again, least squares linear regression trend on the RSS global mean temperature anomaly data set. So that is true, but what is the actual significance of this? Uh, again, that needs a bit more parsing and fleshing out. I hope that answers your question, Morgan, and everyone else out there. It's an awful lot to go through, but again, unfortunately, it is exceptionally easy to spin a convenient and easy and and uh, easy to understand lie. It's exceptionally difficult to peek to pick apart why that is a lie and what it really means. So that's what we're doing here at CorbettReport.com. I hope you'll continue to join me. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.